0: Welcome to the Golden Rock Podcast, bring you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. I'm Ben. As always, I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast Connor. Before we begin, you can jump around the podcast by using the timestamps in the description below. Connor, how are we doing this week? I'm feeling very positive, mate. It's been
1: a pretty good week for me, all in all. Especially oh, today. Cool. I finally got I finally got out in the garden. Oh, what are we doing in the garden? So I'm planting all my vegetables for this year. Start sowing all the seeds today. Um, mm. It was something I started doing last year around this time. You ooh, beating up on my mic. Something I started doing last year, uh, growing vegetables in the garden. And yeah. with the price of everything going up, it just makes more sense now more than ever. Um, makes
0: sense. What, what kind of what vegetables are you growing then? So it's uh,
1: tomatoes, cucumbers, onions, spring onions. I'm going to try peppers. I've not done peppers before, and our climate mm. isn't great for it. But I've got a little greenhouse that I can utilize and hopefully get them growing in there. Um, a little, Lots of lettuce. I do a lot of lettuce in the summer because it encourages me to have salads and things when everything is absolutely as fresh as it can possibly be. You're not paying for it. It's not sat in the fridge wilting over a couple of days. You just go out, grab the leaves that you need, and throw them into everything.
0: I like that. I, I've always thought about doing it, but honestly, I... I had two house plants once and I couldn't keep them alive. So I don't think I don't think I have the green finger unfortunately. That's fair. No, I only
1: really started cuz my uh, my very good friends bought me my very first house a few years ago now, 3 or 4 years ago I want to say. Yeah. And it has been slowly as I moved into my own flat, it was a case of it's a very easy way to add some decoration, add some life, add some good vibes into a room, add a little bit of color in when the vast majority of my furniture and everything is all monochrome. A nice bit of green goes a long way. So I've been adding slowly little house plants over the years. Last year was the first time I did vegetables. Before that, I just wanted to make sure I could grow a lawn. But it's good for me. It gets me out the house. It makes me wake up in the morning and actually go and enjoy the sunshine, get in and about the dirt, do something physical. And then eat
0: healthier. It's great. Yeah. I recommend it. I I am one of those people that I can stand by. You can have a good salad. You can have a salad that is really nice and enjoyable. It's just that as a kid growing up, I never had nice ones. So as you get older, you're like, oh no salad. Don't like them. But yeah like typically me and my wife when after we go to the gym uh usually on a monday we we have a salad after and it's it's just just hits the spot it's really nice, you know, always enjoyable so this week, I'm thinking well, we've discussed it we're gonna we're gonna bring some positive positive light to the podcast because I don't want people thinking that it's all doom and gloom because we've been very critical of Pokemon. Over the last couple of weeks, and you know, I'm I'm not backing down on what I said. Like, you know, I was critical for a reason about Pokemon Go and Scarlet and Violet because you know, it's it's a series that you know we love Pokemon. We love what we do. It's a great hobby. And like I was saying before we started recording, like the reason I'm critical is because I love this series so much, and I want it to be like the leader in JRPGs and monster-catching games and just leading the way and setting the pace. And it's not. But there's a lot to love about Pokemon, isn't there? There is. And
1: again, it captured our imaginations 25-plus years ago, and we're still talking about it today. So it's
0: clearly done something right. Yes. And it's, it's funnily enough, you, you mentioned about 25 years ago. The way we're going to approach this is we're, we're going to do generation by generation, yeah? I think that's
1: the easiest way, saying what bits were added in that kept us motivated to come Mm -hmm. back, or even if we didn't stick with it at the time, as we all know as Pokemon fans, we have that drop-off point and something brought us back. You know, have we gone back to it in the past couple of years and experienced it in a different way to how we would have done as kids and had more of an intense experience with it, as I know I did with like Black
0: and White? Yes, that's what we're going to look at. How, why sh- do we love it? Step yeah, by step. Wh- yeah, exactly. Let's start with Generation 1, where for me, and I believe for you, it's where it all started, yeah? Yeah, Pokemon Red was my first game. Right, okay. So why did you, why did you choose Pokemon Red? Why not Blue? Uh,
1: because it was given to me. Because it was given to me by one of my cousins. And I think I originally had a copy of Pokemon Red that was given to me. And then I traded that copy with another one of my cousin's copies who had advanced further in the story and had a level 100 Mewtwo that he had traded in and it didn't obey or anything. And that was my experience of Pokemon Red was I was still too young to actually read through any of the dialogue. So (laughs) it was... Quite a confusing game for me, but I just loved it. I loved the monsters. I loved roaming around the world and running into all these different creatures, being able to catch them, being able to train up the ones I really liked. I I didn't do a whole lot of the gyms and stuff until much later. I think Gen 2 was the first game I actually beat. I don't think I beat uh, Red and Blue back in the day.
0: Right. right? Yeah. But was this go on? Was it was sorry? Was there something that really stood out? Like, what was the so? Obviously, you've mentioned that like you were given it, and you know you had probably frustrations of a Pokemon that didn't obey you. You didn't really read the text, but like, what was it about it that you loved?
1: So for me, it wasn't even necessarily the games. Like, I'm really into the games now. I'm really into game design and all that kind of stuff. And I could sit here with the later generations and break down, ah, yes, this is, this is the element of the game I really like, and we will get into that. But back then, it was more about the community aspect of it. So I wasn't a very popular kid. I didn't socialize very well. So when Pokemania was hitting and everybody liked Pokemon... It was how I interacted with the world. It was my it was my in. It was a case of, you like Pokemon, I like Pokemon too. Let's talk about it. And let's not pretend that that hasn't been the rest of my life, and isn't <laughs> now what I do, is talk to people in this brilliant community who all just happen to like these weird, strange creatures. And that's how we meet. That's how we met.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. I absolutely love it. So for me, um, funnily enough, I got Pokemon Yellow as my first one. And I remember going to, I think it was Comet, I want to say. Um, and I remember the retail park it was on and we got there. I had the money for my birthday and they didn't have Pokemon Yellow. They only had Pokemon Red, but I, I was like, adamant, no, I'm getting Pokemon Yellow, so at the weekend managed to pick it up, and by this point, I was aware of Pokemon I was aware of the anime um, and it was one of the reasons why I, I kind of got Yellow, because I, I was told that, oh yeah, it's kind of similar to Ash's story and you star of a Pikachu, so I was like, okay I'm completely on board with this and, but for, for me it's just that initial start where You know, you go into the wild, Professor Oak catches the Pikachu, you go back, Pikachu suddenly springs out of the Pokeball, you talk to him, he's not very happy, and just on that journey of, okay, Team Rocket suddenly ambush you in Mount Moon, oh, you can get a Charmander a Bulbasaur and a Squirtle as you progress in the game, and, you know, going against Lieutenant Surge, and, you know, I I was one of those kids that was like, okay, right, in the anime, they they did eat, you know Pikachu versus Raichu, and that's how I want to do it. Mm. And like to the point where the first time I played, I didn't even call myself Ben; I called myself Ash. Yeah, and I completely butchered that first playthrough because I basically soloed it f- with Primeape. Um, so the point where Primeape actually got me through Sabrina's gym with no problem whatsoever because it was so over leveled, and my what one of the annoying things that happened was that my while I was in school one day because my brother was off ill, he played my save file and he got from Erica so he, he beat Erica, he beat um Giovanni in the hideout in um Silphin no in Cerulean, no Saladon. Solidon. oh the uh underground underground uh, yeah and the team rocky um base under the game corner um he did the the tower over on the right hand side um basically he did he did a lot of the game uh for me and i was so in love with the game even though i was frustrated i still completed it and then i like this is how much i love playing that game is that on that file i completed the pokedex like 150 pokemon and I restarted it. Like, I deleted my save file and started again. And it was just the magic of... There's something about it. Just the fact that you build up this roster of Pokemon, you go with them on this journey, and as you travel, they they change and grow with you, whether or not it's evolution, learning new moves. Um, you know, like you mentioned, the community aspect. of my brother had Pokemon Blue and he had another Game Boy... And the fact that we got the link cables and plugged them in and traded over the Pokemon to complete the Pokedex. And, and you always had that one kid in the street who had the game shark. So you'd so, be trading over the Master Balls and whatnot. Or was so that just we, me? That, so that wasn't me for generation one. That was me for generation two. So generation one was a pure, you, you know, pl- pure, legitimate run, no cheating. Um, you know, cheating can add, I'm not, I'm not saying cheating's bad. Like it can add enjoyment to the games. Um, but that first, that, that the first two save files were very much, okay, I'm playing this legit. And then I loved it that much. I also bought Pokemon red. Um, and I haven't got that unfortunately anymore. I don't know where it went, but I've still got the yellow. It's, you know, the original Pokemon yellow that I had, it's worn, it's dirty. It sits in a lot of protective case. And, and I love it, absolutely love it, to the point where that when my daughter started to get into Pokemon, I got her to play that one first, and she didn't enjoy it because it, it is dated. Like, we look at it through the lenses of nostalgia, and, you know, there's a lot of quality of life, um, you know, improvements that they've brought to the Pokemon games since. But going back to that, that first generation, there's something about it, whether or not it's nostalgic, magic, whatever word you want to use, there's something about it that you just can't help but go, oh, this is is just a good place to be right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's got some of the strongest memories for me. Like when I look back and I think about early childhood, there's not a lot there, but Mm. Pokemon sticks out massively. I remember sitting in my hotel room, Playing through the game and trying to get through Viridian Forest and getting lost. So, having the walkthrough out next to me and trying to work out this map that I'm looking at and reading all the different things. And it's like, okay, if I go here and my dad would come in and he'd help me and he'd sit down and be like, okay, you want to go up? You want to go right? No, no, no. Right's the other way, buddy. And (laughs) we'd work our way through Viridian City. And one of the things I always loved about it is it has a feeling of being so open that you have infinite options. Yeah. You can have whatever Pokemon you like, however many of them you like, in whatever order you like, at whatever level you like, with whatever moves you like. There just seemed to be so much going on, but it never ever felt overwhelming because at any point you can just go, no, I like this one. I'm going to train it up and that's going to win me the game. Or you can, you can have a team of really low Pokemon but because they've all got the right type advantage, you win anyway. Yeah, There's so many different ways to approach it that it is that replayable. That yeah, sure, I only got a third of the way through, but I want to restart and try it a different way. And I've played games before where, especially in RPGs, one of the ones that always sticks out in my head is Mass Effect, because I played Mass Effect up until the point you played it.
0: Yep. Paragon
1: okay. or Renegade? Uh, I think I played Paragon. Okay, uh, initially, because yeah. I only played through it once, but you know the big plant monster in the first game.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Right. So I got up to there, which, as far as Mass Effect is concerned, isn't that far into the game. But for me, it was a good couple of days worth of work. Mm-hmm. And I reached it and realized that you know I'm under leveled, and my team is spect wrong. However, there's an auto save just as you walk into the room. So, there's now no way to turn
0: back. Oh. <laughs> so,
1: it's either I bash my head against this wall and get nowhere, or I restart the last 30 hours of gameplay because I sat there and read all the dialogue really slowly. And I wasn't, I was just not up for it. Whereas the amount of times I've restarted Red is kind of ridiculous. I mean, I can remember the time when. As I say, I had the Mewtwo, and I restarted that and played through with basically just a Squirtle and got all the way up to our Blastoise until I got to L- Lieutenant Surge's gym. And then I couldn't get past this Raichu, so I had to go and find a dog Trio. Not a Diglett, it had to be a Trio because it was the only thing I could hit without taking it out in one shot. And then the Trio helped me get past Surge, and then I got stuck again. And at some point, I restarted the game again. Because I, it feels so alive so early. There's so much going on, and I don't think any other game had offered that to me previously.
0: I can understand that. I, I, like, when the first generation of of Pokemon came out, like, there was, at least for me, I'm sure there were games like it, but there was nothing I was playing that was like it. There was nothing out there that scratched that you know that itch like you know you you could have other you know exploration games arcade games you know side scrolling games there were there was like so many variations you know for every mario there was a sonic but for pokemon there was nothing else like it at least i there wasn't anything else for me no and again
1: like one of the closest ones is digimon and don't get me wrong, the Digimon series, I will still stand here and say is better than the Pokemon series, at least the first generation of it, um, but I didn't like it as much at the time because <laughs> it didn't, it wasn't what everybody was involved in. It wasn't, as I say, my entry point to the world and to socialization. So Pokemon became a little bit of an obsession for me and I had the cards, I had the games, I mm-hmm. watched the show, I got all the cereals looking back on it might have been a bit excessive (laughs) (laughs) but weirdly enough I know kids now I've got friends who have children who are just getting into Pokemon and I see the same thing it's posters slapped all over the wall, all the plushies. They have the games, even if they're not playing them all at the same time, they have to have all the games. They have to have the cards, even if they don't like, because pl- we didn't use to play the card game. I didn't know how to play the card game. No, we used to have a no. stack of 80, 90 cards. And I remember playing in the, the front of my mate's house and the wind coming along and blowing over my massive stack of cards, because I thought these are my Pokemon cards. So that's what you do, right? You play with them all, not build specific decks. But I did also have the CD that you got in a cereal packet, I believe. I may be wrong on that. But that would teach you how to play the game, except from it was some really creepy girl who who was animated really badly and will always see me up there right. seeking. You know, it, I just it was so good. It was such a yeah. wonderful time to be a Pokemon fan, was Pokemania. Because you couldn't escape it and you didn't want to.
0: Yeah. It it was everywhere. It was open. It was you know, an escape from reality and all the different avenues it just had covered, whether you'd like to you say, whether or not it was the games, trading card, whether or not it was, you know, toys, whether or not they were ones you bought in the shops or one ones you got from, I believe, Burger King, although McDonald's probably had toys as well, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Um, like it, it was just absolutely everywhere, but it deserved to be because like there there was like there was basically no barrier to entry it was just so easy to get into and play and experience and the fact that you know you could practically just save anywhere and you could load up the game anywhere and even if you only got to play a couple of minutes you know you could then save put it down and go wait it wasn't like so many other games at the time where you know that you know looking back at some of the older games where the, the weren't save features like you turned off your console. And it's like, okay, turn it back on. You've got to start from scratch. Whereas Pokemon, you could just, you could like this adventure that you could go on that you could just pick up whenever you want and you couldn't put it down. And there were many times where, you know, I was in the back of the car. It was night nice, trying to play <laughs> trying the to game.
1: Trying to play by streetlight. as they yeah, passed by overhead.
0: Yeah. Whenever oh, it passed by. I had by, so much car sickness from that. Did you? Oh, it oh, was horrendous. I could I could imagine. And this was like before because it wasn't until the Game Boy SP. Yeah. yeah. That had a backlight. Like everything else before then, there was no backlight. So it was and, and the, the original Game Boy, because I I was never lucky enough to get um a Game Boy colour. Or I think it was the Game Boy Pocket. Um was the one between the two of them. Um so I had the original Game Boy, which absolutely Eight, eight the battery, and I just remember getting this Game Boy, and it was second hand, and I, it, without a shadow of doubt, straight away as soon as I got it, I was like, I know exactly what game I want for this, and and yeah, it was it was Pokemon Yellow, and I dread to think how many batteries I must uh, I must have gone through playing that game over and over again, and then you know the second time I've completed Yellow, and I'm like, okay, right, let's go and buy Red for a game that was you know, 95% the same. Like it, but the time I loved the fact that, okay, I can play this second game. And even though it is so similar, even though the the mechanics of it are identical, even though the, the Pokemon you can get are identical, it was just another way to play this game that I loved. And back then, the fact that you could get multiple versions like was really clever. It's it. Game Freak isn't the only company to do this. There have been other companies that have tried to do, you know, multiple, you know, different variations on the same game, so you can get, you know, either version A or version B. But nobody's ever done it like Pokemon. And like for me, it was the fact that the 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 version you got said something about your personality and your friend and you know the people in your friendship or. You know, um, the fact that you could... it, It brought you together where, you know, your friend had blue, you had yellow, and then another friend had red, so you could kind of work together to complete the Pokedex, and just... Oh, it's just great. It is, and it's funny looking back now that because
1: it was the first time that had happened, I rate it so highly, and yet nowadays, the fact that Pokemon still has multiple versions kind of infuriates me. (laughs) Agreed. 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 But we're being positive. We're showing the But no, we are being positive, but it's it's what's the difference (laughs) there? Why was it so good then and maybe not so much now? Because again, it's it's a question of is it purely nostalgic glasses that I enjoyed the experience of it. That's why I rate it so highly. Yeah, there's levels of that. But I think it offered something different. And what we'll notice with the franchise as it goes on is although they try different things, it never strays too far from itself. Yeah. And I think over time that magic has dwindled out, especially as, you know, we've got older, we've kind of seen how the trick is done. If, if you get my metaphor, like, you know, if you watch a magic trick the first time, wow, you watch a ma- ma- the same magic trick again, you're like, yeah, no, that's, that's still really cool. You watch it a third time, you're like, yeah, no, I've seen this one. And then once you start breaking down and you know how it works and what's all going on in the background, and as much as the, the special table that he's got to make this trick work, it's, it's pretty cool, but it's now just, I, I know what's going on. So it's, okay, it's a magic trick. I've seen this I one get, before. I
0: get that, I get that. And I, I think that is why, and you, you touched on it earlier, I think that is why at some point most people take a break from Pokemon. Yeah, Because they, they need that kind of reset of, mm, okay, there's not big enough changes between generations, therefore I need a couple of generations break to then come back around to it. And that's, that's exactly what happened with me. I remember going to university. I took uh, Pokemon, I believe it was Pearl. I uh, got up to the first gym. I had a Chimchar as my starter. And I beat the first gym. And then I put it down, and I didn't come back until... I can never remember if it was Pokemon X or Omega Ruby that got me back into it. I I think it might have been Omega Ruby's coming out, so I'm going to get Pokemon X. I think that's what happened, but I can't can't remember. And just suddenly going, you know what I've not done since Generation 3? complete the pokédex and that's and then suddenly I was like I I just had this moment where I was like okay this is something that I need to do and I remember plotting it all out and getting like researching it and looking it up online and go okay right so what's the minimum number of games I need to buy in order to complete the pokédex knowing that I was going to play both of the 3DS games that that were out at that time um and just and just like this this trip I went on of okay I'm going to complete these stories and just the mix of new pokemon and old pokemon and completing that pokédex and being like oh I remember that pokemon or okay this is a, a great new addition like the first time I came across um, uh, Skidoo and go goat in pokemon x and just being like wow like this just feels like a gem One Pokemon in modern day graphics and just the the that spark that magic coming back despite me now being in my mid twenties and not having touched Pokemon for a good you know six or seven years yeah it's it's a fascinating
1: experience is Pokemon, and everybody who has ever played it will have their own stories, why they like it and things like that. I think if I'm going to talk about why I like Pokemon I have to talk about the second generation okay. because it's Johto oh is still one of my favorite worlds. Uh not even just Pokemon regions, it's one of my favorite worlds of any game ever. And that may be strange to say, but it just holds such a wonderful place in my heart. And again, it's 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 more about the experience of the time rather than maybe what the game is. I can look back at it now and go, yeah, maybe the m- maybe the level c- uh, difference between the gyms and the Elite Four is a little bit wonky. Maybe completing the whole, uh, completing the Johto side of the story at level 40 isn't great, but it meant there was less grinding for me. So I completed hmm. the game, or at least I felt I did. I, I, that first time you step into Kanto and it's like, by the way, do you realize what you've just done?
0: Yeah, I know, right? Like, th- th- there is no, as far as I'm aware, there was no game that had done that before. No, where- it, it felt so much like a sequel yes. and yet offered so much more. It, it's. I still maintain, you know, it, even though, like you say, there are a few issues with it, but I think there are issues of the time that like, despite that, it, it is almost the perfect sequel. If you're going to do a sequel, that is how you do it. You take what was there in the original and you build on it and add to it in every single way the fact that like you know most sequels are uh, can in some way be described as uh, lazy i guess or they don't push out the boat enough because they worry about what it might do to the hardcore fans mm-hmm. but the fact that generation 2 came out and they just went oh yeah you're in a completely different region oh yeah like you've got suddenly a load of new pokemon to go, the fact that your new starters have nothing to do with the original starters outside of the types. The fact that they added days, they added times, they added new ways to get evolution, such as friendship. Um, you know, held items, held items, uh, breeding. berries, breeding acorns. Um, I'm trying to think what what else was was in there. Uh, new HMs, new way to travel. Um, like the roaming Pokemon. Roaming Pokemon, yeah, exactly. The fact that you had legendaries on the box art as well, so you knew they were powerful when you saw them on there. The fact that, you know, as you are progressing through the game, you come across Bill, you come across Lance, you come across, you know, this cast of characters and, you know, new and interesting ways like, you know, your rival isn't just a carbon copy of the previous rival. He he has his own agency and his own story and development And then, you know, you get to the Elite Four and you start to ask questions because you're like, okay, some of the Elite Four members are the same, but the champion is completely different. And then you think, oh, the game's ended, but it's not. And and then it just goes on for another entire region. (laughs) Yeah. Like the fact that they crammed an entire region into it and the fact that the region has changed as well. Like the first time you go to Cinnabar Island and you're like, oh, (laughs) so the volcano erupted then. Okay, the fact that you can't, you know, you don't end up in, you know, the lazy thing they could have done is, okay, right, you complete the game, you've now ended up back in Kanto, and you're you're starting in Pallet Town, and it's just a carbon copy, and they didn't do that. Like you had, you had to progress it in a in a different way, and let's not, and that's not even touching on the fact that you get to the top of Mount Silver, and who is waiting for you, like that. What's crazy is I didn't even find that that out for about 10 years. Did you not?
1: So I had Golden Silver or I had Pokemon Gold when it first came out. It was my favorite game. I played it to death. And yet it wasn't until I was in secondary school and started playing the games again on a bit of a nostalgia trip that I went over, I did the Kanto story, and I got the message. By the way, you should probably check out Mount Silver, climbed to the top and found red. And I was and I had to sit there and just walk away and be like, I don't know how this game that I have loved and has been uh, towards the top of my list of favorite games ever for so many years still has surprises for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I can completely understand that. And that is what like solidifies Generation 2 is just this, this game that I can easily go back to. And like you say, when you get to the top of Mount Silver. And I remember this as a kid, because I came to to uh, Generation 2 a lot later because I couldn't afford it. Well, my parents couldn't afford it at the time. So where, when all my friends had it, I, I didn't. So by the time I did get it, they'd started to move on to other things. And I remember getting to the top of Mount Silver and just looking at the sprite of red. And I'm just looking there going, N- is that? No, wait. And then you walk up to him and he doesn't talk. And then he's team the team that he brings out. And like for other people, that team might not have depending on the Pokemon you use, like you could theoretically, you know, the team you have used in generation one could have no correlation with the with the team that Red uses. But because I played Pokemon Yellow first and I did have Pikachu, Charmander, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur. Like Red had four of the six Pokemon I used in my first, well, my second, you know, proper run through, and like for me, it was almost like I was battling, like the the player that I played as in Pokemon Yellow, Mm. like that connectivity, and just that, you know, spark of wow, like this is, I'm I'm playing against the player I was in a previous game, just. Blew my mind.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny as well because Pokemon Gold was the first time I sat down and went, I'm gonna I'm gonna play through this a special way. And I remember sitting, I was around my cousins in Scotland, and I borrowed his Game Boy, and I had my copy of red, and I had my copy of gold, and I was like, fine, I'm restarting red, and I restarted it and got it through until I got my starter, and I played through until you could trade, and then I traded from red over to gold. And then I restarted red, and I went through and traded my starter. I restarted again, and went through and traded my starter. And it was the first time, because I didn't have Pokemon Yellow, I only had Pokemon Red. It was the first time I had all three starters. And I was sat there like, hmm, is there a way I can get all three starters of the gold? Well, my cousin's got silver, but it would mean restarting his game. And then he said, yes. And he said, it's fine. Restart it. And I did. And I got through to the trading part. And then I played that game through with six starter Pokemon.
0: Wow. Oh, that must be a fantastic memory. Just the starters of of both games coming together is absolutely fantastic. And speaking of trading, actually, like, so by the time I, I did get round to, you know, finally getting, I think I had gold and my brother had silver, but I'm a little bit blurry on the details. But I remember going on a school trip. Um and I think this was year seven or maybe year eight. And um no, no, tell a lie. I'm getting I'm getting this wrong. No, I, re- I went on a school trip. This was before I had Generation Two, and I had Generation One, and my friends had Generation Two. And when we discovered that you could still trade and battle between the two generations, as long as you didn't bring Generation Two Pokemon or mechanics to the battle or the trade, you could still, you could still trade and battle, and you know the fact that we could do that, despite the fact I didn't have the Generation Two games, like that—that that is a great mechanic. They—they they didn't have to do that. No. The, the no. The fact... cross—the cross platform wasn't required, but yeah. it was a damn nice to have. Oh yes, agreed. Because they could have just left that out. They—they they could have quite easily have gone. Well, no. Like everyone moves on to Generation Two, so it's not the Generation One Pokemon, but. I think they probably realized from quite early on, like people love these, you know, these creatures that they've caught and grown with and developed bonds with. Why would they not want to bring them along on a new adventure? Which, and... weirdly
1: enough, is kind of why Generation Three didn't sit so well with me when I first had it because, because, because it didn't offer that.
0: Yes, so for those because of you not don't...
1: only could I not bring over my new po- or the Pokemon I had before. I couldn't find them in the wild. Yes. I couldn't get new versions of them.
0: Yes. So for those, uh, for those that you know might be might not remember the original Game Boys and the Game Boy Advances might not have been around or don't know. Um. So the first two generations of Pokemon were on the Game Boy, and Generation Three Ruby and Sapphire were on the Game Boy Advance. There was no system in place to be able to trade Pokemon from the first two generations to the third generation. Which is one of the reasons why Fire Red and Leaf Green was developed to enable that. So you could get Pokemon from the earlier generation. So, outside of, because I, funnily enough, I found this article the other day, outside of hacking, so there is a way you can mod your through some i don't know technological magic i don't know there is a way to bring generation one and generation two pokemon into the modern day games from the original game boys but they require so much legwork that nobody's probably going to do it but generation three yeah there wasn't the ability to bring forward the pokemon that you originally had however like for me with generation three, that didn't bother me because for me, generation three, like we talk about, we we, we spoke about like the improvements that generation two bought from generation one generation three for me blew the changes from the first two out of the water because we, we went from, okay, it's onto a new system. It's all in color. You've got abilities. Um, I'm trying to think what are some of the other major double battles um what are some of the other major things that are in there the the quality of the storyline the fact that you had pokemon in the overworld at certain points um you know that first part where you go to rescue professor birch and you've got um it's the zigzagoon no it's the poochiana zigzagoon and it's, it, it's
1: this uh, it's poochiana normally it's zigzagoon yes. in emerald that's the other way around that's
0: right and you've got the Pokemon just there and he's chasing the professor around. You're seeing this movement and, you know, the music matches what's happening on on the screen. And you feel the the agency and you're like, oh, okay, right. This, like the fact that, you know, they took, you know, it's one of the great things about Pokemon actually is the fact that they take this, you know, oh, you've got your three starters you can choose choose from, but they're all slight variations on it whether or not it is going to the lab, whether or not it's out in the field and you find the, the backpack and you have to defend yourself or you find the suitcase, you're defending somebody else. Um, The fact that you're gifted them and, and things like that. Like the fact that they constantly, well, it's one of the things I, I, I do really like about Pokemon is that like every generation follows the same formula, but they always tweak it slightly. Yeah, I think Generation 2 and Generation 3 had some of
1: the biggest overhauls Mm-hmm. obviously gen 2 we talked about but gen 3 introducing abilities was yes. massive, changed the game entirely, and more importantly, it was a graphical overhaul, you know gen 3 onwards, I would say Pokemon's actually kind of pretty Yeah, you know, you could go back to it today and be like yeah, it's a style, but it's not an ugly style, it looks phenomenal, the colors are great the actual character designs are really quite good everything in that game feels more alive. Mm. And it's got a fairly lengthy story through it. I don't, funny enough, I look back at Emerald and I've always said to people, you know, people go, oh, how do you get into Nuzlocke? I'm like, Emerald's a good place to start because it's not too long, but it's not too short. Like I can beat Pokemon Red in about four hours.
0: Yeah, it's quick.
1: Whereas Pokemon Emerald, six, seven, suddenly it's, you know, it's more. It's a, it's a, it's a chunkier game, and I quite like it. I like all the things you do in it. Now, that being said, as much as it is a meme, there is a lot of water in it. And my biggest <laughs> issue, my biggest issue with it, is the final town is Sotopolis Trying to find that on a tiny little Game Boy Advance screen with no backlight, so you're barely seeing anything properly anyway. Especially in and, the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or even. Just de- telling the difference between what is a diveable tile and what isn't. And just swimming out into the great unknown and hoping to stumble across something. Mm. Don't get me wrong, I beat the game. I, I did it. But I think I was... I think I beat it because I had it, and I wanted to beat a game, rather than because I really was involved in it. And don't get me wrong, I look back on it and I still love my Lai Noon, I still love my Swampert, which...
0: Oh yeah, aced
1: all of the contests because yeah, sw- the contests it. were added, and yeah. I really oh, yes. liked the contests because they were different and it was something else I could do with my Pokemon when I, especially when I was stuck and didn't know how to move forward. It's 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 a fascinating game and one that I didn't really appreciate as much at the time, but I think I was on my sort of swing out of Pokemon.
0: Okay, see, yeah. generate Generation Three was the out of the three. Generations was the one that I put the most time into. I like, yes, like I, I get it—the whole too much water. But I was playing this game at a time where I had so much free time that I found every, you know, every area, every nuke, every cranny. Like I remember the the reggies and figuring that out myself. I didn't look up a guide. I figured it out because I am. Um, like 99% sure that the manual you got with it had braille in it so you could yes. work out the you know the the um the clues as to how to access the reggies and i remember figuring out the and i remember having a piece of paper and a pen and going okay so the those dots means you know whatever letter it was and figuring out like The one where I think you needed a whale lord or and something else in your party. The relicanth. Yeah. Just these weird ways that you would get them and figuring it out and you know just just unlocking all this mystery. And it's one of the reasons why I I actually dislike playing generation three in um since doing YouTube because it doesn't reward exploration when you're doing mm-hmm. like randomized nuzlocks, is that you know you don't get to go off and explore all these different areas like in a, in a nuzlock. you typically just go right there's the end goal i'm gonna get there as fast as i can and beat the elite four and you don't typically go off and explore all these things and looking back it's one of the great things about generation three was you know they unlike the modern Pokemon games where typically it is, okay, you go from A to B to C to D to E, and there might be little side tangents off to the side to pick up items and stuff. Like Hoenn was the, like the region where, where, Oh, there's nothing, there's no gym down there. But if you want to go and explore, you can like the fact that, you know, you've got Sootopolis over on the right and you can follow it all the way down. And then all the way, uh, left, Back to one of the star one of the earlier towns, and during all that stage you've got the you know you've got an an additional town you've got additional pokemon additional battles you've got the um the um sky pillar the fact that you know you take the boat between uh mr Pico's boat you know down to um i always forget the name of it uh duford duford that's it and the fact that then you can go right. And you then, later on, you get Surf and you can go back there. You don't need to go back there for the story, but you can go back there, you can explore, you can find the Pokemon, you can find the trainers, you can go to the abandoned ship as Mm. well. Like, all all this exploration in Generation 3 that I think Pokemon is severely lacking at the moment, and, you know, Scarlet Violet going open world, I think, helps with that a little bit. But the problem was... There wasn't enough to find. (laughs) There isn't anything to find. Scarlet and Violet. there is no, you know, mystery ship. There is no Sky Pillar. There is no, you know, go off the beaten path and find something completely unique and different. You know, the game developers didn't need to put in there, but they did it because, you know, they wanted to reward people who were willing to go off and explore. See, I think that might be looking back on it now with
1: a clearer head and more understanding of myself and my interests. Why I kind of didn't get along with Generation 3 quite as well is because, sure, there's lots to explore, but I had no one to talk to about any of it. Yeah. As I say, most people were moving away. Pokemania had definitely stopped, and I knew less people who had Gen 3. So if I went out and found, you know, the Reggie's, There's no one who I could tell about it. There's no one who I could share that information with. So it didn't seem worth doing. Now, obviously, as I've grown up, I realized, like, you know, you can explore and enjoy a thing just for yourself. And that's more how I play Pokemon nowadays. It's more of a personal experience than it is a intrapersonal experience. But back in the day, it was very much a case of, as I say, it was my connection to the world. It's how I socialized. And I realized this didn't offer that to me. So maybe that's why it just kind of, left a bad taste in my mouth i still love the games i love emerald is one of the games i have now played more often than most Mm. um but yeah at the time i was like "eh, it's okay i don't get to play with a charmander or an Ampharos, so that's a big sad
0: i I get that um i i I really do i tell you what should we quickly touch on fire red and leaf green yeah i mean i this is not a nostalgia one for me no i didn't play these at
1: all in fact, I don't think I played either of the remakes until much much later in life. Yeah. Which is a shame because they're fantastic games. They
0: are they are absolutely brilliant remakes and like I I'm hesitant to play generation uh, play the original, you know, um Red and Blue when Fire Red and Leaf Green exists because they just take all the additions and improvements that were available in Generation 2 and Generation 3 and applied to, to Generation 1 in such a, you know, it, it looks go- it looks absolutely gorgeous. It's a beautiful game to play. Um, you know, it fixes some of the issues of Generation 1 that I didn't know were issues until I was older um, and realized that, you know, Generation 1 is held together by blue tack sticky tape, and chewing gum. Um, but it works, it works, and... But, gen- yeah, the, the remakes just, you know, they, they made the... Game Freak did remakes before, I think, remakes with, like, the dumb thing. Like, they're almost an industry standard now where, you know, five, ten years later you can get away of making a remake and it's quite probably, you know, not very intensive to do because a lot of the elements are already there. You can make a quick book, especially if it is just, like, a HD, you know, remake. I say a remake, it's a, you know, a HD to hate whatever word you want to use but the fact that Game Freak were able to do it and do it well I think speaks a lot to the love of the company
1: and again at the time it was a solution to a problem it mm. was the fact of you know you had people like me who went yeah these new Pokemon are great but they're not the ones I grew up with they're not the ones I love it's like well okay here's a way you can actually get those across we, we, yeah. we fix that now we know it wasn't we know it was an issue we know you couldn't have every Pokemon we're going to make that a thing now
0: and I t- tell you what else that we we haven't really spoken on so far but the reason I'm bringing this up now is because of Sheninja and just the the quirky evolution methods that pokémon have always had whether or not it's link link cables whether or not it's uh, the stones whether or not it is like Sheninja where you need a sp- you need to evolve a very specific pokémon and have a spare you know slot in your Party to the point where, funnily enough, uh, I went went out for food uh, last week with some of my friends, and we got got talking about Pokemon because one one of the lads in the group he's recently bought, I think, uh, Generation One and Generation Two. So I think he got all six games for it was about one hundred and twenty, I think, hundred and twenty pound off the top Not of my bad. head. So that that isn't bad to be honest with you. Some of the batteries have gone on them, unfortunately, but. He was saying how he he just started playing Generation um Generation One, and he had Machoke in his party, and he and he was really excited to get Machamp because he likes Machamp, and I just remember the look on his face when I said you can't get that, and he's like, what do you mean I can't get that? And I was like, you need to trade. He's like, how do I trade? I'm like, you can't like unless you can track somebody down that also has a Game Boy, the game. Which I and think a you link could,
1: cable.
0: I think you could quite easily get those two, but a link cable, like, good luck trying to find a working link cable. I had about four in the attic in my in my mum's house uh, after I moved out, and we got them out the other the other month when I was just sorting out the attic, and they were damaged. They had dirt on them. They were old. They were horrible. Like, good luck finding some of them that that work. But yeah, so just just the fact that Pokemon kept finding ways to. You know, update the evolution formula because they could have just gone. They could have just been lazy and just gone. Yeah, every now and again you need to either trade or thunder or, or use a stone. But it's the fact that they they constantly add new ways. So, for example, the friendship mechanics or the quirky things like you know um, Shininja or the fact that oh yeah, you need to trade them, but this time you need them to hold an item as well. Like it's really you know clever. Clever thinking and, you know, a chance to be creative and innovative, which, you know, g- they need credit for. Yeah. Agreed. So, generation four, this is where I dropped off. Yeah. And... I played
1: this once. Okay. And Wh- then never, well, yeah, it didn't touch the next couple of generations.
0: Once so all I'd, the way I'd, through?
1: I'd, once all the way through. I did it in okay. a weekend. So, okay. at this point, my parents had split up. So, I came down to visit my mom. And my sister had the game because she's a little bit younger than me, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yeah, okay, can I can I start again? Can I play through this?" She's like, "Yeah." So I, j- to be fair, she also had a Game Shark, so it's the first game I ever <laughs> like fully cheated on. Um, other games I'd like put too many master balls in once I'd already completed the league, but no, this one I put on advanced experience, so I just didn't have to grind.
0: Oh wow! And just blitzed through it in a weekend.
1: It was great. It was good fun.
0: Yeah. So for me, Generation 4, I, when I eventually came round to playing this again, I played Platinum. But this was after X and Y. So I did it in a really weird order. I did uh, X, Omega Ruby, I think. Or it might have been the other way around. I can't remember. And then worked my, my way backwards. So did Pokemon. It was either black or white. I can't remember which one. And then did Pokemon Platinum which I'm pretty sure was a dodgy version because sometimes it didn't work on my, um, my DS, unfortunately. Sometimes it just flat-out refused to, to register. Um, but, like, I'm trying to think. Like, I want to give Generation 4 some praise. Physical um, special split. Nicely done. Yes, yes. much, Very much needed. Uh, it meant that a lot more Pokemon suddenly became viable. Yeah. Um, Cynthia is a really strong champion as well. Um, the fact that when I came back to playing this, despite having years of knowledge of Pokemon, despite being, you know, in my mid-20s and still struggling against her, I yeah. think s- says a lot about the challenge there. It's a distinctly harder game. Yes. Oh, yeah, de- definitely is. I-, I agree with that. Um, and with one thing that i did because i i vaguely remember like being confused when i finally got round to playing pearl again because by this point i'd i'd re i sorry so when when i came back to pokemon and i did the order that i did and i ended up playing um playing platinum i did eventually go back and try pearl i'm being very confused as to okay where the heck am i supposed to be going And, you know, credit to them with Platinum is they streamlined a lot of that to make it a lot simpler. Yes. Yeah, that's the thing. As much as
1: I complained about Generation 3 being able to get lost in it, there was so much go this way and then turn around and go back somewhere that you couldn't get to before, but through this other town, go back to the first town and swim across. And sure, you could say the same thing about uh, Cinnabar Island, technically, because you can get there easiest from... Pallet Town. But realistically, you should go the other way, and you should swim across and go through... Not that you should go through, but you can go through the... Uh, what are the sea islands foam? called? Seafoam sea islands. islands. Yeah, you can go through there and then get to Cinnabar that way, and then you go up to Pallet Town to head towards Viridian. That makes sense. Whereas Platinum and Diamond of Pearl, you're just... All over the place, yeah. or at least that's how it feels
0: to me. It, it it felt like that with me when the amount of times you have to go through Mount Coronet, and mm. the the for me, uh, you know, thinking back to when I did it the first time, and you know, Mount Coronet is this big mountain that runs down the center of the game, and just being confused at times as to to where you had to go, um, but you know, Platinum I think did. Did a lot, and, you know, say what you want about the um, BDSP remakes, but for me, like, they're the definitive way to play Generation 4. Don't oh. get me wrong, like, they should have been better remakes, but if it was a case of, okay, you can either play Pokemon Pearl or, you know, um, uh, the, the remakes, I'd rather play the remakes. Okay, I will. I will push back slightly the
1: definitive way of playing Diamond and Pearl, oh, the definitive is, way of playing Sinnoh
0: is Platinum. Yeah, I agree with you there. I'm comparing Pearl and Diamond with the remakes. Don't get me wrong. The remake should have been a variation on Platinum because yeah. that is the better game. Um, but if you compare it, if you're comparing the, the originals, then the new ways of... Are a better way to play it, and there is a charm to them as well. Like I hated the Chibi Sprites when they were the Chibi models when they were announced. Playing through it because I've played it, I think, three times now. There is a charm to those Chibi Sprites. I still don't mind them. I never minded them. I thought they looked all right for what they were. Yeah. Um, Go on.
1: I was going to say, staying positive on Gen Four because it is the game that made both of us basically drop Pokemon for a while. Mm -hmm. It, It did a lot right, though. You know. I complained about Gen 3 not having any old Pokemon. Here they are. We're bringing them back. Here's a bunch of old Pokemon, and here's a bunch of evolutions for them, or pre-evolutions for them. We're just going to shove everything into this game so everything's accessible for you. Fantastic. Love it. The actual development of the story, you know, uh, Ruby and Sapphire try to go a little bit further with the Weather Trio, and Mm. Emerald, you've got the whole, like, oh, these are ancient people who look after Red Quays and stuff like that. I think that's in Emerald. I'm not just looking at Omega. It might be in Emerald.
0: I couldn't tell. It's definitely in the the remakes. Whether or not he's in the, the original Emerald, I don't know. I think there may just actually be
1: Wallace takes you over there in Emerald. I think that's what it is. Either way, they tried to, like, build a slightly... More you know fleshed out, these beats get really powerful, and they have the ability to change the world, not just a little town and burning down a tower it's and then we graduate to here's the gods
0: of space and time, <laughs> yes, yeah <laughs> like it, I, I think it's it's one of the great things about generation three and four that they've never been able to get away from is that you know generation one and two aren't about saving the world. Generation one and two are very much about, you know, just okay. You 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 want to catch the Pokemon and take on the Pokemon League, but Team Rocket just happened to get in your way. Whereas Generation three and four is very much a case of, yeah, you are involved in saving the world now. You might not have planned that when you started the game, but that's where you, you're at. But the problem with anything, this isn't just Pokemon. This is this is books. This is video games. This is movies. Is that You know, once you go to, okay, you save, you know, you you save a person. Okay, what's the next step? Stakes, oh, you save the city. Okay, where from there? Oh, save the world. Okay, where from there? Save the universe. It's like, it's always hard to then scale it back. Yeah, people can't fathom
1: that much. People can't comprehend what saving the world entails. Oh, 8 billion people plus however many billions and billions and billions of other life forms? oh, you want to spread that to the universe. I've just got no concept for this. I And I don't know if it humanizes it enough to make those stories worthwhile. I mean, it it has elements of it. Don't get me wrong. Cyrus is fun. Mm -hmm. Cynthia being there the whole way through, actually interacting with the champion, same as Ruby and Sapphire, when you're interacting with Steven the whole way through. Great. Uh, Yeah. I'm being positive. <laughs> it's it's a cool stretch and I love the lore that comes out of it. Agre- I love Oh yeah. I, I love the extent of the Pokémon world at this point and how far they've been willing
0: to take it. Definitely, definitely. And like what, yeah, let's let's move on to generation 5 because I I think what I love about this game is what a lot of people don't like about this game. And it's the fact that until the Elite Four, you can only get brand new Pokemon. I love that. Yeah, I can imagine that had wound me up if I'd played it, you know, way
1: back when. Because yeah. this is a game I've only played in the last three years.
0: Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I played uh, this for the first time on my channel. Wow. So I'd imagine, thinking about it, if I'd have played this the first time, if I'd have played this when I was younger. So, like, when this came out, I would have been... 20, 21, maybe 22, and I'd imagine at that time maybe I might have thought, okay, right, I'm playing this game and I haven't got, you know, the old Pokemon, because I would always go to the same old Pokemon, so the fact that when I did get around to it and I, because of the order I played it in and the fact that when I did Omega Ruby I could choose a lot of the Pokemon I had when I was younger and I loved it, so the fact that when I got round to this game and I got to Experience experience these new Pokemon without any preconceptions, without any understanding of if they were good or if they were bad. I just got to choose a team that I thought, yeah, this is a this is a pretty cool team. Might not be great Pokemon, but they don't need to be amazing because, like, I, it's not competitive. I'm playing a single player game, and I get the types, type matchups, and I can just choose six Pokemon. That I absolutely love, um, and and play through it. Um, and the fact with like again, Game Freak doing what they do, where they where they use the same kind of story beats, but they they mix it up the fact that in black and white, the Elite Four just take such a front, like you know, you know, the the front and center for a lot of beats in that game, and they aren't just you know, a couple of lines of dialogue and a battle and you never see them again. The fact that some of them... No, really... all the gym leaders show up for the final battle. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something else
1: entirely. The story in that game is phenomenal. It, it really is. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to storyline. I mean, you're talking about like the Pokemon and that. I remember distinctly my friend having it because I was in sixth form at the time when this came out. Um, so I remember seeing it and just being like, what is that? that it's not a Pokemon though, is it? <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's funny because I know I'm not alone in that thought. I know that a lot of people when Gen Five came out went, "It's not really Pokemon, though, is it?" So
0: and it, yet, it, so on.
1: many of them nowadays are some of the best Pokemon I've ever seen. Yeah, Braviary, fantastic, Crocodile, amazing. Yes, so many more. Escavalier, great Pokemon. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I,
1: I, Haxorus,
0: brilliant. So I'm pretty sure. Like, this is one of those things where, you know, you get people going, oh, well, it's just an ice cream cone. Yeah, well, Pidgey's literally a bird. Rattata's Mm -hmm. literally a, a, a rat. Like, there has always been, in every generation, there are Pokemon that are based off creatures in real life, and there's Pokemon that are the more, you know... Objects. Objects, or more mystical, or, you know, things that... Aren't realistic, like Magnemite, for example. Like there's, there, there, that's actually no, that is more objects. Like you've just mentioned, I'm trying to think of a Pokemon that you know you you couldn't have in uh, Porygon, for example, like Mm -hmm. things like that where they are just so unique. But I I I saw a video a long time ago. This was years ago, trying to explain why people looked at the Pokemon from Generation Five onwards and. They there was something off about them, and it's because, at least outside of the games, the art style changed slightly, so they had a lot more curves rather than straight edges on a lot of the designs. And whether or not that played into some people going, Oh, like you you notice that there's something different about these Pokemon, but you couldn't quite put your finger on it, and it's because a lot of them became more rounded in, in the designs. Um, but like Looking at Generation 5, like, it has some really great Pokemon in it and Mm -hmm. areas to explore. And, like, I don't think Game Freak, unfortunately, gets the best out of the 3D games. But Pixel games? Oh, they'd they'd worked it out by this point. They'd worked out all the little
1: cheats. They'd worked out exactly how to move, how to get three different graphics... To look like a fully moving Pokemon, exactly, and show so much personality
0: with it. And it's like when when you I can't remember the city that you go to. You go to a city, uh, and it's it's one of the main ones. It's based on New York, I think. And the fact that mm-hmm. as you walk, it rotates. Yep. Or the fact that you go over the bridges, um, and you know, I and it will zoom a... out and show you yeah. from overhead, and then it will come yeah. back down. It felt big. It oh, felt yes. expansive. Like, for, for, you can see uh, there is, you know, cities feeling empty. I completely agree with you. Like, a lot of the initial games and the later games, unfortunately, like, there either isn't enough people or there isn't enough buildings. Sometimes there's not enough of either. But Generation 5 never felt like that, especially the big cities. They felt big. Um, yeah. And they and it's felt really lived fun- in.
1: <laughs> it's really funny. We've complained about in Generation 9, That's what we're on now, yeah? Uh, Yeah. Scarlet and Violet, you know, you got people who just have one line above their head when you walk past them. A lot of that was in Gen 5, but it was in these big cities where everybody is rushing. Nobody's got a second to say anything else to you because they've got
0: somewhere to be. And it just felt lived in. Yeah. Well, that's it. There's that one street in the city where there are, what, 30 sprites Mm -hmm. moving up and down in this bustling city. And then you look at that and you look at what we've got in Generation 9 where you can't even handle five people on the screen <laughs> without some issues. Yeah, yeah, the the pixel side of things absolutely nailed it. And it's it's one of those issues where, you know, now that they've gone 3D, I don't think they can go back to pixel art, which is a shame because if we could see, you know, the Pokemon company, or well, Game Freak do something, you know, a modern Pokemon game in... You know, that Octopath traveler kind of style where it is pixelated but it feels alive. I would I would love to see them pull off something like that because you know when they you know black and white just shows that they really like you said, they knew all the shortcuts, they knew how to to make like it's a real skill your designers must have to make a game about pixels look alive.
1: Well, the thing is, as well, they did have 3D elements in there, which they kind of started introducing in Gen 4, where you had some 3D buildings and things like that. Mm -hmm. But Gen 5 was where they went, no, we've got the 3D bridges, 3D buildings, everything moves, and it flows seamlessly with the pixel art. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've got the 3D animated, the the legendaries in all the cutscenes are 3D. Oh, yeah. Look incredible.
0: About but, the cut scenes. yeah, yeah, yeah. The cutscenes
1: yeah. in that game are phenomenal, and it's you know, brings us back to the best story in Pokemon. It is, and
0: I, some I, of the I, best there, music.
1: There is an argument between black and white or black and white, too. I personally sway to, more towards the original. I don't think the second one's, uh, I don't, although I love Team Plasma, Neo Team Plasma's music, I don't think they're as strong of villains. I think without N. Uh, at the helm it loses a lot for me Um, Mm -hmm. but you know we'll come on to the fact that you know they're the only games still to date that got sequels um, DLC not included is stunning they just they tried so many different things with these games and I just completely ignored it and I part of me looks back and goes that's a shame I don't have such fond long lasting memories with them but being able to experience it as an adult with a more critical eye and more willingness to engage with the story and the pokemon i'm playing through with
0: oh so good it's so good and it, another, another thing actually that um we kind of touched on earlier about the fact that you know game freak back in the day used to enjoy like side quests and going off the beaten path and post game it's the fact that I remember the first time playing this, going, I've got seven badges, but why can't I get over to that right side, the entire right side of the map? Mm-hmm. And it's you know getting to the, the four and thinking, but I've not even explored the east side of this entire continent. Like, wh- what is going on? And then suddenly finding out, oh yeah, now you can go over there, and suddenly thinking, oh, I've got, I've still got a lot to do. Whereas the post game nowadays is, ah, oh, okay. Two hours later, you I've want to done redo it. that again? Yeah, exactly. Like the, the the post game back in the day, there used to be so much to do, and it was absolutely amazing. And I love it. Um, do you want to briefly touch on the sequels? I've not. I've only played them once, and I can't remember much about it because I rushed through them. I've only played them once. Okay. Um,
1: it's for me. It's less so much what the sequels did right, and more the fact that because they were sequels, that was the right thing to do. Right, I think the evolution of the characters and being able to traverse this same world in a very different way, as you say, you don't get to go over to the east side of the map really until you beat the game in black and white, but black and white 2, you do. You get to venture through there. Instead, there's different gym leaders that you get to fight. You know, Roxy is fantastic gym leader. Marlin's really fun as well. It's a different experience, more so than we've ever had in any of these sequel games. Sure, Giratina in the Distortion world, amazing. What a twist. Oh, yes. What a difference that, game, that Platinum made and makes people really sad that they're not in the remakes. Agreed. But Black and White 2 was just a different experience entirely and was one of the first times where Game Freak went, no, we realize that people think we're stuck in this formula that they've figured us out and we follow these patterns. No, here's something else.
0: And it is, it's is—it's unfortunate that it didn't sell well enough for them to go, ah, we can do sequels to individual Pokemon games because out, outside of, you know, Black and White 2 and Gold and Silver for me, or I count them as sequels. Um... Maybe not as strong as Black and White, but they are. You know, it's the follow up. It's Team Rocket after several years on and the fallout of what happened. Like, I wish we got more sequels. I would love to see. It's what it's one of the things I would love to see. Is you know we get all these strong cast of characters and we never see them again. Like, and the fact that you know we've had a couple of games where okay, let's follow up on these characters. So, like, props to them for being brave and going, let's do a sequel. I just wish we got more of that. Yeah, agreed. Um, Let's move on to X and Y, which were almost the rebirth of Pokemon to me.
1: I agree. It was around the same time as Pokemon Go, and it was the big jump to 3D that I think, weirdly enough, Pokemon coming to 3D is kind of like Pokemon being open world. It's enough of a selling point where people have been like, Oh, yeah, no, I like Pokemon. Yeah. And if it's making that big of a leap, I'll check it out.
0: Yeah. And, I think, and it was...
1: Re- sorry. Go, no, go on. I, it was really funny because I was in university at the time when this was coming out. And the year before, me and my best mate had sort of been the Pokemon guys. We we talked about Pokemon in secret because we still like Pokemon, even though nobody else really <laughs> likes Pokemon. <laughs> I like Pokemon. And I would started watching playthroughs of Generation 5 and things like that because... This was the start of Nuzlocke's on YouTube and things, which was great to watch and get into. And then Gen 6 came out, and suddenly everyone's like, oh my god, have you got Pokemon? I've got the new Pokemon game. Do you really like it? I'm like, no, I haven't got it. I can't afford it. How dare you like Pokemon now? <laughs> Pokemon's my thing, and you all made fun of me one year ago for it. Now suddenly everybody's into it again. Not that I'm bitter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so for me, like, like, the, like you said, the jump to 3D, not, not like 3D on a 3DS, so you could actually use the 3D 3D feature. But it's the fact that you know I remember the trailers and seeing the Mega Evolution and thinking, oh, okay, like this is actually a really good innovation. I'm not sure if I was tricked to be honest with you, and it wasn't more nostalgia of, oh, it's the Kanto starters that I can evolve again, mm-hmm. but. Like for me, this is when like g- the major game gimmicks started to creep in. So, for example, you know Mega Evolution, Dynamaxing, Z crystals. It w- this was when it it really started. But yeah, it was
1: specifically how the games were sold. Yes, is, this is the game of Mega Evolution. Yeah,
0: but because at the time we didn't know it was a you know it was going to be. I mean it's a little bit different because this was a mega revolution was around for three games it was around for the the gen 6 the gen 3 remakes and gen 7 yeah i've got that right and gen yep. 7 um so at the time you didn't realize it was a gimmick and it felt like oh this is the natural progression like the pokemon that because we only ever get you know a maximum of, in in a Straight line, you get three evolutions. Like, it might diverge somewhere, but you can only ever evolve them up to a maximum of three times. This was a way to go, oh, we can circumvent that, but it's not permanent, and you get the fourth evolution. And just the fact that, you know, some of these Mega Evolutions, the designs of them are amazing. Like, some of them are absolutely just beautiful. Some, not so much, but some of them... Like Blastoise with a with a massive cannonite's back and two, you know, wrist-mounted gauntlets. The fact that you know, Mewtwo, like how do you make Mewtwo look even cooler? Well, apparently you can. Charizard, yeah, let's give it a dragon typing. Like, there's so many, like Ampharos. Ampharos is an amazing example of a, of a Pokemon where the Mega Revolution, the design is so strong and it really showed that, you know, okay, they're, they're obviously learning about this new the new way to build these games for 3ds, but obviously they're doing something right because some of the character model, some of the models, translated really well to 3d. Some of them, some of them, some of them did. So, but that's part of the problem, I, th- I think, with jumping between pixel and because when they'll have designed some of the pixel Mons, they'd never probably never thought, ah, oh, these are going to have to be 3d models one day. The problem is they lost a lot of personality in the jump to 3d yeah, because yeah. they
1: didn't they didn't move as much, they weren't, you know, they had a neutral position, which is not the same as what you'd have in Gen 4 and 5, where, you know, their neutral position was still, you could still see personality there. You could still see what the Pokemon's sort of attack stance looked like, and not just Pikachu standing with its hands on its belly, looking all happy, like, yep, (laughs) I could be anywhere right now. I could be in battle, or I could be in line at the bank, and you wouldn't
0: know. (laughs) <laughs> One thing I did like about Generation uh, X and Y, but this isn't something that I enjoyed at the time, this is something I disliked at the time, but you swung me around on, is the, the, the travelling troupe that you go on the adventure with. And I remember playing at the time and thinking these are the worst rivals ever. But like you've said, they're not rivals. You're on an adventure together exploring... And I think, you know, it just backs up what I've said earlier about, you know, they constantly look at how they can change things up. You might have the same skeleton for all these games, but, you know, what's over the skeleton is always different. See, Gen uh, 6 is such a... Sorry, Go on, I'll let you finish. No, go on, go on. I was going
1: to say, Gen 6 is such a weird game because I think most long-term fans now will look at it and say, it's not the best. The story is a little bit middling. The villain is honestly not great. Lysander, kind of stupid. The champion's really weak. And overall, the game's pretty easy. But in a weird way, that's exactly what it needed to be. As we say, this relaunched the game probably more so I feel people have said before that Gen 5 was supposed to be like a relaunch for Pokemon you had a lot of uh, similarities between uh, the Pokemon that were in that decks compared to the Pokemon that were in the Kanto decks you had Sock and Throw, Hitmonlee, Hitmonchan that kind of thing I could go on and on and on Gen 6 was way more of a okay we're not going to completely restart the formula we're actually going to go the other way about it and nostalgia bait a whole bunch of people But realizing that a lot of people we're bringing back to this game thanks to Pokemon Go and things like that haven't played in 20 years or 15 years. So instead, let's make the games simpler and easier to get through so that people can just get that same taste of Pokemon again. And it's to a point now where that's where I tell people to start. If they've got kids that are like, oh, I want to get into Pokemon, where do I begin? X and Y. It's an easy game. It'll hold your hand through as much as you want. It's not... Too busy. There's not too much change in there that doesn't follow forward. You get the fairy type. You get all the abilities. You get all the things added in that you would want. Plus, this mega evolution, which is your instant win button. Have fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I, 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 agree with you that it does. It makes sense that you know if they are going to bring people back into it, you, don't want to overcomplicate it. You start. You know, you not basic, because it's definitely not basic, but you, you make it in such a way that it's it's friendly and approachable for anybody. So, you know, people that might be thinking, I remember Pokemon when I was a kid, and my kids are around the same age. Like, let's give them this one, and it's not too complicated, but at the same time, you as a parent might have enough understanding of it. Because, like, well, that's one thing not touched on, is the fact that, like... I can't really name another franchise outside of maybe Star Wars that connects generations of people. Yes. Like, Star Wars is probably the only one simply because, you know, we've had three trilogies over the space of four decades, maybe, off the top of my head, five maybe, um, and it's still going on. And Pokemon is one of those things where, you know, my my one of the things I bought my daughter for Christmas was... Um, well, two things, really. One was just this big book of Pokemon facts that covers Pokemon from Generation 1 to Generation 8 and um, Ash's story through the anime. But then also bought her a book about um, the movies as well. And just having her go, did you know? And I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I, I remember watching that one as a kid. And like she's like, oh, tell me more. And like having these conversations. And yeah, just the fact that it it connects generations is something that nothing else does and it deserves praise simply for that to be honest with you yeah i'll give you that so let's move on to the um because we're because i'm just conscious of time so let's fly through these i think the gen 3 remakes amazing actually really good for what remakes could be i still think the
1: gen 2 remakes are The most solid ones, they gave me enough of a change to the level curve, which is possibly one of the things people complain about the most. It changes up the Pokemon you can encounter because you get like the Safari Zone and stuff like that. And it also allows you to, you know, have following Pokemon, which really should be implemented in more games than it is. Yes, But the Gen 3 remakes are great. and. it's it's really odd because I've said it a couple of times. I will happily play through Hoenn, either through Emerald or Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Mm-hmm. They're actually different enough experiences that I could pick up either.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you there. It's unlike the comparison I made earlier, <clears throat> excuse me, with um, B D S P and Platinum. Uh, sorry, Pearl and Diamond is that. You know the remakes kind of replace the originals if if you're going one to one. Like there's enough changes in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire that it doesn't make the originals worthless because they are they are similar experiences but they are different experiences. And I I personally think that's one of the reasons why BDSP was so poorly received is because the quality of the remakes for Gen three was so high that they just didn't live up to what people had built up in their heads for BDSP because, you know, in the past, the remakes have always been, okay, so we're taking the, the best elements of the current generation and adding almost elements from the story of the third game in, in the series, in each generation, and then you get almost the definitive way to play, and you didn't get that with BDSP, whereas Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, you definitely get that. It is just... Like, it, it, If I if somebody came to me and said, tell me one Pokemon game I should play, and that's the only one I'll ever play, it probably would be those games, because they yeah. are just the right balance of modern-style graphics, the old-style, like, exploration, and the Pokemon... And a good story it's just it's just a really good package of a game. I
1: certainly preferred my first playthrough of Omega Ruby more so than I preferred my first playthrough of Ruby,
0: yeah, yeah, I can understand that I think yeah uh, I, let's 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 move on to generation seven, seven. which is Sun and Moon, which i it's, it's possibly a game I
1: have more complaints about than I have positives. Okay. I'll be honest. I Again, not because it's a bad game. The story's great. The characters are wonderful. The Pokemon designs are fantastic. The world itself, the region, feels vibrant, and traveling across it is great. I think a lot of it you get locked into tunnels, and it's actually some of the issues I had with X and Y, like the caves and stuff, mm. feel a bit gross. Um, yeah, yeah. But overall... I really enjoyed my time with it. I just have a, such an issue going back to it because of how slow it
0: is. Yeah, I think for, for, for me, it's really annoying actually, because like for the, I, I remember at this point, there was a load of, you know, discourse online going, you know, Pokemon's for kiddies, they, they, they won't do proper stories. And then we get Sun and Moon that tries to tell. A, a narrative through the game rather than rather than the old ones where you know you got a little bit of dialogue and a little bit of explanation then you went off and collected Pokemon like the the, the, the earlier generations there's not a huge amount of story Sun and Moon there is but it's just, it's just told in such a convoluted and time consuming way but there's a reason why you know People, when they nuzlock this game, they start and they're, they're doing it for YouTube content. They start at picking the starters, and then unfortunately, there's a lot of like dead space between that and then when stuff actually starts to happen. And the fact that you know, the whole process where you save Nebby has something like I think it's three like cutscenes, but those cutscenes mm-hmm. are intermingled with you literally just walk up a ramp. And then it cuts into the next cut scene, and you're like, "So I did a cut scene to walk up a ramp to go into another cut scene, like." And I yeah, think... you you walk from the edge of the bridge where the last yep. cutscene was to the edge of the stairs, yep. which is
1: all of about six steps, and then yep. another cut scene plays,
0: which is infuriating because, like, sun and moon, like you are you're on an island, you are ex you're exploring four islands. There is monsters from from you know the far future you get to travel through wormholes you have necrosma which is absorbing these these deities which i don't know if that's in ultra sun and ultra moon or just that's the That's only in ultra sun only in ultra sun and ultra moon um but like you have all these elements to a great story there and i and 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 the sun and it moon it is a great story it is it is it is, a- it is and sun and moon is one of those games where I want to go back and play it so much and part of me's not done it yet because I'm, I'm just thinking, A, I don't have enough time to really go back and appreciate it but chances are one day we'll get remakes of these mm. and um, I'm happy enough to hold out until that day because I think I'll enjoy it the second time around well, it'll be the third time around a lot more because there is like some of the characters in this are so bold and so out there and so quirky and different and like everyone wants to talk about um is it Norman in generation five? No, not Norman it's uh, Larry in generation nine and mm-hmm. you know he, he's, he's, he's one of those people that have like what I like to call negative charisma where you know they are so negative that it becomes charismatic. Yeah, and we have to talk. If we if we're talking about him and everyone praises him, we have to talk about is he is it Nanu? I think Nanu. Yeah, like yeah, the the dark type. Yeah, uh, like there are so many great characters in that, and so many like beautiful areas. Um, so one of the areas uh, off the top of my head is that the town isn't actually a town; it's just a load of boats that have rots up, and they're all the different types of boats. And, you know, the totem Pokemon, like, really challenging when you mm-hmm. play that game. And the SOS system, love that. Works really well. Um, what else have we Regional got? Regional variants.
1: Regional variants. Which is variants. something that's stuck with the franchises and really, really happy it has because revamping these older Pokemon is very much needed, I
0: think. Agreed. Agreed. And it helps to give love to some of the Pokemon that are, have been forgotten. Um, what, what else for this generation?
1: I'm scratching my head. Well, I mean, they changed up. They tried to get rid of gyms. I don't think they switched it up quite enough. Mm-hmm. I think the trials, as fun as they are, aren't that different to gyms. You just have a totem Pokemon instead of you know, a puzzle, and then you go and fight a one-on-one anyway with the trial captains. And it's like, meh, yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, I can they- see
1: why they didn't stray too far from it. But I wish it was a little bit more different, like it was intended
0: to be. Yeah, I I completely agree. It, funnily enough, out of all the games that we've ever had, this one feels like it would benefit the most from being open world. And yeah, just, I can it, see where you're getting at. Just you know, you start on you you start up, you're on the island, you get your starter Pokemon, you get the ability to surf between islands. It's like right, go off and explore. Like this is the one that felt like. Yeah, it it really would have benefited uh, from that. There was another positive, but I can't remember what it was um, off the top of my head. So let let's move on to Generation Eight: Sword and Shield, which I I mean to I really enjoy these games. These um, were the games that actually brought me back
1: to the franchise fully. Like I started, as I said, started watching stuff on YouTube through Gen Five, Six, and Seven. Gen 8 was, no, I'm going to go buy a Switch. I want to play these games.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I can understand that because, like, I, I'm pretty, yeah, Generation 8 was when I was now doing YouTube as a hobby and mm-hmm. it coming out and going, oh, okay, I'm going to live stream, I'm going to play this. And I, re- I remember being frustrated because at the time, like, uh, connecting my Switch to the computer so I could record the Switch because I've got a, graphic, a, a, a graphics capture card or whatever the hell you call it. And not understanding how to get it working and being frustrated that I couldn't stream it on day one because there was like background hiss mm-hmm, and being so frustrated because I wanted to share my experience of this game, and because this was the this was the jumping point this was when it went from handheld. And you could get away with the graphics not being top notch because it was, you know, it was always seen as other, you know, handheld consoles do not have as good graphics as, you know, the the desktop consoles. But the Switch, like this, was the big test for them. And before the game even come out, they had a lot of negative coverage because of um, Dexit and mm-hmm. various other issues. But I still that went. That damn to- tree. The damn tree. There's not enough pixels on the tree. Um and going into this game but th- i must admit there's something and maybe it's the fact that i live in britain and this is the i was going to say there's
1: there's an element of that to it
0: yeah of oh i i get why they went with this design of this city i get why they chose this pokemon i like there is so much in that game where i think this is yeah. my game because it's based on the the country i live in See, people hate uh, Hop, but I can't help but just see him as a little London
1: boy. So he, he, he wins some yeah. favor in my heart because of that.
0: Yeah, his, his, his voice acting in, um, in Pokemon Masters is just something else. But in this game, like I, it, this, this game, like we talk about the, 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 the rivals and the journey that Hop goes on. If you don't... Mm-hmm. If you if you just see it as a, as a game, you know, as a journey of fighting Hop, it's a pretty poor one. But if you look at Hop's journey through this story and the fact that, you know, every time you battle him, he's got different Pokemon and some people might go, oh, okay, that's a bit strange. But for those that are following along the story and seeing that, you know, he's had for the longest time, he's wanted to live up to his brother's legacy and he thought he was going to be the next big thing and he's going to challenge his brother... And then you're coming along on the ride, and you are beating him time after time. You get to see Hop going, "Right, I'm going to try these Pokemon. I'm going to try this tactic," and just seem lose to beat. And this journey that goes on, it shows that like Game Freak can do characters. They can do character growth and character development. And we've seen this like back with Bianca and or, and other trainers like um, Silver. Is it no? Got, uh, is it Silver? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Silver. Um, like seeing all these characters grow and. Over the course of a, a game, like Game Freak can do character growth. And with, we've seen that a lot in Generation 9, actually, thinking about it. Like the Arvin, for example, still maintain we got a little bit robbed that Arvin wasn't the main character because there is such a good story to tell that. And I would love to have a story where you really get into his mindset of being abandoned by his his parents. Yeah. Um, that's that's
1: actually my argument about Hop as well. That he's the protagonist of that story. You are the antagonist. You're the rival.
0: I like that. I I yeah. I'm on board with that. Like you you've basically come along and ruined this kid's entire dream. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> um, the, the, the 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 um you know Zaxian and Zamazenta love their designs. I still maintain that if I had to pick, like the top- one
1: Pokedex. <laughs>
0: What do you mean? The design for me?
1: Yeah. For me, I think it's the strongest Pokedex ever.
0: Yeah. I think Gen eight
1: actually swiftly followed by Gen six. Yeah. I think the Gen six
0: designs are pretty phenomenal. Yeah. I think Gen eight wins it out for me. Yeah. It has some great designs in there. Some really good designs. Like some of the, um, um, Gigantamax designs as well are absolutely Mm -hmm. beautiful, beautifully designed. Um, And And I think
1: Dynamax is a really good gimmick as well. It's not too intrusive to the playthrough. You can only do it in gyms, which means that it's not just a, all right, we're going to click this button. You've got to actually think about it when you do come around to using it. And then online for battles and things like that, I think it's been the most tactical one. There's an argument to be made for um, terrestrialization now. Fair enough. But when these games came out, Dynamax was it. Sure, Mega Evolution was... More flashy, and a lot of people argue that it's their favorite. I think Dynamax was a lot more balanced
0: and offered a lot more strategically to the game. Definitely, definitely. Um, the the what the point I was going to make before, and I I went off on the tangent was, you know, if I had to pick one moment out of Pokemon that is my my favorite, it's always a toss up between finding Red on Mount Silver, mm-hmm. or the the raid battle against Eternatus and just Leon loses, the hopelessness of it, you're going to lose, you can't do anything, the sword and shield, the rusty sword and rusty shield start to glow, the music kicks in, Zace and his Amazon to jump down, oh damn, it's a raid, it's a 4v1 raid battle, and I'm fighting it against you know this character that I've journeyed with, the two legendary box art Pokemon, and just this amazing moment where it all comes together to the point where that music I still listen to every now and again because it is it's just fantastic. Like you can hear the howling in the background of the the Pokemon. It's a- absolutely brilliant. Like they absolutely they absolutely nailed that. And one thing I did like is the fact that we didn't get an Elite Four in this game. We got a you know a tournament at the end. I don't think they went far enough with the tournament. I think it should have been random as to who you got but i can appreciate the fact that they went actually we've got the stadiums it probably doesn't make sense to have the elite four it does make sense to have a knockout style competition like football tournaments what the stadiums are based on so you know credit where credit's due there and then you've got leon who is the best champion Uh, depending
1: on how you want to look at it the best champion next to cynthia or the best champion
0: Mmm, I mm, It's 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 weird because like Leon is one of them where I wasn't completely sold on him, but the anime has made me love him even more. And I know that's I know you can't judge the game version based on the anime because they are different, but in in so many ways they are they're interconnected, so you can look at what is happening in the anime to go, okay, right, they are the kind of how he would be in the game outside of when you see him um it, it like his design though is fantastic because like with all the badges and the sponsors on it th- that's what you do right the cape and everything that's what you do it just makes sense to to me that that is how a champion would be and he does he does have a strong team as well I think one of my issues with the game, though, is that it does have a weak villain.
1: Um, oh, yeah. Rose is. I think everybody knew Rose was the villain from the start. So the twist never came. Mm. And he just. Just sucks a wee bit. The, the just twist. Does a lot of nothing.
0: The twist should have been that Rose was actually just a gullible person that could be led along. And the bad guy was actually. Um, Oh, what's his Oleana, like, she's manipulating him because he's so gullible. And, like, she should have been the one. Maybe she's a scientist and she she knows the darkest days. So, like, they, they should have played more into that. Or it, like, and they, they did it, unfortunately. And, you know, the end, I still don't, still don't know if that ending was... It was definitely rushed in-game, but whether or not it was rushed in development. But, like, the fact that you got to meet him a few times and have conversations with him, helped but yeah that 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 twist maybe not but yeah the fact that there's a whole bit in there that's just like
1: actual pictures rather than anything animated because (laughs) they ran out of time yeah rose and leon talking they're just like oh yeah here's
0: some screenshots yeah that's disappointing disappointing um should we move on to the positives around gen 9 well, do we want to touch on DLC real quick and how much that oh, added yes. to the game? Go,
1: go because on. I again, I this is the first time we really had DLC for Pokemon, and they really knocked it out of the park. I know some people don't like the uh, Isle of Armor. I think it's
0: actually okay. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I didn't play it till much later, but to be fair, the Crown Hunter is a much bigger and a much better DLC. I think the addition of the game added raids, which were fine, and then the game added uh,
0: Dynamax Adventures, which was amazing. It's the, it's the best way to play the raid fights, I think. Agreed. It's, it's, it's the right level of challenge, but it seems fair. And, mm-hmm. like, you can... You know, if you lose against the last Pokemon, it's typically down to... You didn't pick the correct path, Mm-hmm. And if you'd have picked the correct path, you'd you'd win. So therefore, there's strategy about it and whether or not you want to swap your Pokemon. Do you want to go the path with the items, the berries? Do you want to go the path with the type advantage? Like, the, I, I, am, I am hoping they bring some form of Dynamax adventure to Generation 9 because it was such a strong addition. Agreed. Uh, Speaking of Gen 9 then. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> the so. first open world Pokemon game.
0: Yes. Absolutely fantastic. Possibly
1: one of the most some of the most fun I've had with a Pokemon
0: game to date. Mm-hmm. During my first playthrough. Yep. I think the fact that you know the game opens up. You get the you know, you get to Messagoza, which you know it I'm I I think they made the right choice there. It shouldn't have been open world straight away. They needed to kind of get you to a point where it is, okay, now you know enough now it's open world like that absolutely fine with that the open world element of literally you can go from mesagosa to the north south east west like the fact that you have an open world game where you can go wherever you want straight off the bat yeah absolutely just on board with that the characters we get arvin penny um Nemona and Namona. like out of the three, Penny's probably the weakest for me. But I think that's because a lot of her story comes at the end, rather than it isn't drip fed like it is for Arvin and Namona. She has
1: she has the weakest story as well. They kind of do a, but they're not really bad guys. And yeah. you're
0: like, I okay. mean,
1: okay, sure. So what? Sure. They showed up to a fight that didn't happen, and then the school got mad at them. <laughs> what why yeah. That's yeah. this kind of makes no sense how we've arrived at this point and the whole idea of uh, Starfall Street is like eh, it's a weird plan that you've put in place these rules that say if they get beaten once they have to step down mm-hmm. and that's how you want to do it rather than just talk to them as the big boss who could just be like yeah we're done now Yeah. yeah. <sighs> however um, the actual on. characters yeah Written fantastically. I think it's yes. one of the best written Pokemon games.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you there. I I agree. I think. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we're we, we're being positive. Yes, absolutely agree. That the actual story and the characters really strong, really strong in this in this game. Um,
1: I we think, have said before. I think the ending is a little bit disjointed with the rest of the game. Yes. as phenomenal as the ending is.
0: Oh yes, absolutely agreed. The fact that like. Again, it's it's not as good as um generation eight with the, the Eternatus Raid Five, but when you get, you know, down to the bottom, the AI's taken over, you know, you're battling against the other other legendary, and you sat there going, Well, I can't use pokeballs, can't use items, what am I oh. oh and figuring it out. And like I've I've since done that with my daughter, and the way we're like basically kind of The longer it goes on, the more hints it gives you to the point where Uh. eventually you will go, oh, that's the last option left. Like, But because when I did it, I figured it out almost straight away. Well, I can't attack. Oh, what about my Pokemon? And then just seeing it at the bottom and going... I wonder if, and then scrolling over it, and the the reward that you get as it starts to glow, and you can select it, and the battle then kicks in, and you know you are on the back foot, and like that that end sequence. Yes, you're right. It it the whole time travel thing is very disjointed to what uh, everything else we get, but like it is that ending is so strong. It, it's fantastic, and to have a game where the story isn't just about beating the bad guys and doing the elite four. There's other things that you can do. Like the, the Tyson fights really enjoyed that great addition to the series. Really enjoyed the, um, the star mobile fights because they were actually challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, really... That's mostly because they cheat, but they we do, take that. They, yeah, they did. They do cheat. I I must admit they absolutely cheat, but I'm actually okay. with having those big spectacle fights where you, you know, they can play loose with the, with the rules and, I really enjoy that. Um, what else did you... Some of the character models. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely the, beautiful. the update to
1: the textures is yeah. out of this world and yeah. brings a new style to Pokemon that it's desperately needed, I think. It Agreed. doesn't make them too far away from their cartoony nature, but it makes them more... <laughs> Realistic is the wrong word. More tangible? Does
0: yeah, that make sense? Uh, yeah, I, yes, yes. It does make them, it makes them feel more like real things than digital things. Uh-huh. Um, like, th- like, Torquoise is one of the ones that stands out for me. It Like, in the past, it lo- it hasn't looked like, you know, a tortoise because the, the shell in the body, it just didn't look right. hmm Whereas now you see it and you think, oh, wow, it looks absolutely just gorgeous absolutely gorgeous and they've done a, a really good job there um yeah, one of the ones that always
1: gets me is fortress who is i've always looked at and gone how is that a steel type yeah and then you see it in gen 9 and you're like of course that's a steel type yeah look at yeah. the sheen on it
0: yeah exactly exactly yeah they've done really really well with that um what, what else is generation 9 the the fact that they have taken what was introduced in legends arceus in terms of um you know, the ride Pokemon, and just... Mm-hmm. And just or... implemented that all into one. Yeah, it, it, they've done really well with that. And the fact that it now feels so fluid just navigating around the map, whereas Legends Arc, it's unfortunately sometimes was a little bit cumbersome because it wouldn't... Legends Arceus would have the ride Pokemon would have worked if you only had three ride Pokemon because then you're always one button away from left or right. Whereas mm-hmm. because you had more than that, you sometimes had to cycle through. You don't get that in this game. They've really fleshed that out. Um the fact that oh there was something else about the battle, and I can't remember the battle mechanics, I can't remember what it was. Fact you re- can run from trainers? Yeah, that might yeah, that's definitely <laughs> something. Um that that to me, like the not battling the trainers and then running away, I'm. it depends on what mood I'm in. If I'm in a, okay, I want a really challenging Nuzlocke, I don't like it. But just playing through the first time and it wasn't a Nuzlocke, it was just me enjoying it. I'm on board with that. Like not having to, you know, not suddenly being spotted by a trainer when I'm making a beeline for a city and being forced into a battle. I can understand why why they did it. I can understand why people like it. I can understand why people don't like it. It is a thing of personal preference. But I like, depending on what mood I'm in, I I can like it and I can get on board with it. Um, what else? The a really challenging end fight, like AI. Which one? AI right, yes, yes, award, yes 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 AI service. sorry my
1: my immediate mind went to Geeta and I was like uh, no
0: <laughs> no Geeta is um yeah it, it's yes. unfortunate staying really. positive staying, staying positive. positive the <laughs> battle against the AIs is absolutely amazing the fact that they probably outside of red in hot Gold and Soul Silver and because he gets extra additions for his team such as the abilities like outside of that. Like I can't think of a a battle that has pushed me so hard where I am constantly in the bag going, okay, right, I can throw out this Pokemon because I know it can can survive two hits, which means I can get two revives off on other Pokemon and just trying to stall out and win that game and then get back into the fight and you get a little bit further and then you have to, okay, right, how can I stall out and heal my team and figure out how to be like, oh, that, that final fight. I think a huge part of it as well is just
1: not knowing the typing of the Pokemon you're facing changes
0: that matchup so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like the fact that you look at a Pokemon come out and you go, well, I know it's normal. I know the typing of its normal version, so I can probably guess one of the typings it has, but I don't think I can guess the other one. And just trying to figure that out is, like you say, it is something that, like, again, it's one of the things that I really enjoyed about Generation 5 and Black and White, and, like, you put against Pokemon that you can kind of guess what typing they are, but you might not guess what it is all the time. You might not guess the second typing because these are new Pokemon that you've never experienced before. And it's the same for this where, you know, you just look at this Pokemon going, okay, this is, I need to basically... Figure this out because I didn't look it up online because I didn't want to because I was having so much fun in the moment and enjoying it. Um, I'll tell you one thing that I thought I wouldn't enjoy about this game, but I actually did end up coming around on was some of the classes that you can take
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and the history. I finally got around to them, like in and doing and, and you know, the history and the lore that you get from them. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I came around on that idea and I did really enjoy them in the end. They're good fun. I like them a lot. They are. They are. Um, should we, because of time, more than anything, I did like. So
1: it's, here's what, what I'm thinking I haven't played Let's Go, and we have an entire episode on Legends Arceus.
0: Okay. That makes so sense. So I,
1: I don't think we should go through those right now.
0: Okay. That's fine. If you want to know our thoughts, Mainly check out that episode. Go and check out the Legends Arceus because like we both have really high praise for that game. We haven't done one on Let's Go, uh, but I I maintain it is a fantastic, fantastic game that didn't go far enough in some regards, but as a two-player game for a young child, which is how my daughter got into Pokemon and how we played together absolutely amazing like is it is the definitive way to play a two-player pokemon game with someone really young because it's so easy to do and it's a great way to get people into the series and um, with the time that we are on do we want to go into the anime uh entirely up to you we can save it for next week we are two hours in yeah i think we save it for next week simply because it's the anime three episodes including uh, a really good one um and then the guessing game as always, in terms of comments and questions, if you have got a comment or question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail.com by leaving it on our discord channel or by using the hashtag goldenrodpod on Twitter. Let us know what you're thinking. like what are the things that you love about Pokemon? what are the things that you know keep bringing you back to this this series what what are the things that you know captured your your love for it and and just make you just want to keep playing this this these games. Let's um should we talk about what we've got coming up?
1: I mean, I'm still on a little bit of a hiatus at the moment. I've stalled out on a video and part of me is like, I can't finish this one because I don't have enough information yet, but I'm so invested in it that I can't move on to anything else. So I'm a little bit stuck at the moment. Okay. However, I am working on a new collab series with Baker Bulbasaur. We're nice. doing a uh, new form of a Nuzlocke versus um, that's going to be entirely on his channel. Plus, okay. we're playing through that at the moment.
0: Okay. I've seen more YouTubers doing this where they don't jump between two channels anymore. It's like, okay, we've got two series going on. You get all of one series on a channel. You get all of one series on, on the other person's channel. And it's supposed to help with the algorithm because the problem with <clears throat> excuse me with the youtube algorithm if if you jump off of your channel to a video on their channel even though they're related it's not seen as a good thing because you're mm-hmm. jumping away from your channel so it makes sense for him to have all them on on his channel um this is what i've got coming up the cycles are video is nearly done I'm i'm in the final stages of editing that so that should be out in the next week or two and uh, start recording a new series. Uh, You've probably heard of it, and it follows a conversation that we had a few weeks ago. Uh, Fusions! Pokemon Infinite Fusion. I don't know if you've seen anything about this. I saw a lot of people playing through it. I haven't sat down and actually looked at it yet, though. It's... um, So, I went into this thinking, okay, right, the, the gimmick is that you can combine two Pokemon into a new Pokemon. And yes, that is the gimmick of it, but, like it's it's based in generation 1 but they've completely like they haven't just used fire red and leaf green as the base they've completely started from scratch and the battle overlay is fantastic it's absolutely gorgeous they've redesigned areas and the fact that I came into this thinking, okay, combine two Pokemon, you get the best of both worlds, but you don't. You also t- get the disadvantages as well. So there's a lot of strategy behind choosing the Pokemon that you want to combine. Because I'm doing it as a Nuzlocke, which means that well, I can either have six Pokemon or I can combine them to get three Pokemon. Okay. So it doesn't necessarily. And the problem is if a Pokemon dies, like you've lost you lose two, two Pokemon. of them. Yeah. Um. And like one of the some of the sprites that they have created. So my understanding is some of the sprites they've people have gone away and designed them and they look gorgeous. Like absolutely beautiful. Some of them I think are AI maybe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they are generated. And they are nightmare nightmare fuel. To the point where it's quite funny, actually. I combined a oh, what was it? It was a slow bro with a, oh, what was it? I can't remember. But it is just that there's a reason it's going to be going on the thumbnail because it looks so weird and bizarre. And, yeah, some of them them are just absolutely hilarious. But really enjoying it. And, like, I can understand why it is blowing up on the YouTube space at the moment because there is a lot of love that has gone into this uh, ROM hack. So, that's the show for this week, full of love. If you've gotten this far, you're just a top dollar, aren't you? Connor, where can we find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel at Captain Fidget or on Twitter at CapFidget. I'm Ben. You can find me as Professor Hoeing Gaming on YouTube and Professor Hoeing on Twitter. As for the Golden Rob Podcast, you can find us on the usual platform. Search for Golden Rob Podcast on YouTube or on your usual podcast app. Leave a like on YouTube or a five-star review if you're listening as a podcast. We'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon podcast content. See ya!